0: Magic people, magic acquisitions, magic laps. Rarely do any of them yield much in the way of real, material, sustainable innovations. And I might add, none are effective at making your organization more innately innovative. Welcome to Insert Human. This is a show that is not for everyone, it's for seekers people like you, hopefully, who are searching for solutions to your problems, the world's problems, and everything in between. The conversations to come are going to show you how finding the truth of our humanity is the magic key to solving pretty much anything. Between my monologues, my dialogues with brilliant guests, and your good questions, you're going to learn how to insert human into everything, and in doing so, realize a better life, and one day, a better world. Welcome back to another episode of Insert Human, and this is one in a series of shows under the heading, This Is It for Your Business. For those of you that don't know, I wrote a book a couple years back titled This Is It, which is really about your life as a human. This is the version of that same book through the lens of your life as a business leader. When last we chatted, I left everybody with the listeners with a bit of a homework assignment, and it was to examine where their organization was relative to Sir John Globs six stages, the rise and fall of an empire, and to also examine that same question through the lens of where their country was. And just as a reminder, the six stages of rise and fall of every empire, and I think it applies to every company and arguably even every country and maybe even every individual, are this. The first stage, the age of pioneers. This is when you start out self-sacrifices at the core, the second stage, the age of conquest. You're in this acquisitive modality. This third stage is the age of commerce. Things start settling down. The fourth stage is the age of affluence. Things start getting richer. Fifth stage is the age of intellect, which is when belly button gazing and hubris really kicks in. And then the final stage is the age of decadence where pretty much everything starts falling apart. So from that, we move into Today's conversation, and the subtitle is Evolution 101, You Can't Buy Your Way to Salvation, A.K.A. Innovation. So let's say I've convinced you to shuck the hubris and remove the blinders, and in doing so, look in the mirror and declare that everything is not, in fact, hunky-dory, and that you need to evolve your business or else, and oh, by the way, you need to evolve getting to the later stages of Sir John Globe's rise and fall. So now what? Well, as the nature of man is what causes organizations and leaders to stop evolving, it's also the nature of man that causes them to think they can fix the problem easily. And that just is not so. The current classic approach to innovating in corporate America and corporate world is to buy your way out of the stasis that you are in. And buying innovation comes in three different but equally ineffective forms. The first, the marketing magician, You recruit and eventually hire some dude or dudette known for his or her bold thinking and capacity to turn things around. The only hitch is that the magic doesn't really exist. No one person can single-handedly save a business. And even if he or she could, oftentimes the organization rejects him or her like an antibody. Magicians quickly disappear. In fact, in a 2016 study of CMOs of the biggest U.S. brands, the average tenure of the top marketing guy had declined to 42 months, a six-month reduction in just two years. As noted by this guy, Greg Welch, who's a consultant with Spencer Stewart, if you are a CEO and you tried a game plan and it's not working, what do you do? You change the playbook and you change the players, beginning with the marketing magician. The second angle of attack is, you, is what we call the startup slap-on. This is when the big fatso company decides to get fit, trim, and innovative by buying some millennium or Gen Z-laden startup in its space, or even an adjacent one. They do the deal and then watch as the new kids want nothing to do with the old guys. The cultures are like oil and water, or perhaps Jaegermeister and chocolate milk. The concoction tastes terrible and ends up making everyone pretty much want to vomit. To take this up a level, depending on what source you believe, 70 to 90% of all mergers and acquisitions fail. Fail as in the deal doesn't deliver the expected value, and often any value. And the reason why is perfectly captured by now deceased wonderful man by the name of Clay Christensen, a professor at Harvard Business School, and some of his thought cronies in a 2011 Harvard Business Review article titled The Big Idea, The New M&A Playbook. In it, he or they declared almost nobody understands how to identify acquisition targets that could transform a company, how much to pay for them or how to integrate them. Wait, 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 how could that be? There's an entire industry called investment banking that specializes in this. Don't they know what they're doing? Well, let's see. They do know a lot of things, a lot of important things, but what they seemingly don't know is that the key to mergers and acquisitions has far, far less to do with function and technical fit and far more with culture and people fit. People are what creates value. And if the people don't fit together well, the deal will yield not much and maybe even less. I learned this the hard way in the late 90s. My business partner and I were running a 150 person marketing agency. We decided to buy another big agency, one of the oldest shops in town. They had a great roster of clients, TJ Maxx, Radisson Hotels, Dreyfus Mutual Funds. There were no conflicts, few niggling issues like long-term leases. After the deal, the combined entity went belly up. Turned out their culture was the antithesis of our culture. All of their executives had cut special deals while we ran our shop as a meritocracy. Their clients already had one foot out the door when we showed up. The whole thing became toxic and ragingly dysfunctional. Game over, all because of the people, nothing else. The third option to innovate, to transform, to involve oneself, the innovation lab. So this is my favorite buy innovation strategy that fails time and time again. This is when the leadership team believes that the way to foster innovation in the corporation is to create a standalone lab that innovates. They set up a new department or entity, hire a bunch of people that are different kinds of thinkers, Tell them to think differently, to be bold, and to invent different stuff the corporation can eventually sell. The inference is just by having an innovation lab being different, the corporation itself will become different, also known as innovative. It's similar to the magician and the startup slap-on acquisition approach. Appendages simply are not effective at changing the center of anything, particularly a corporation. Note the foreshadowing here. Magic people, magic acquisitions, magic laps. Rarely do any of them yield much in the way of real, material, sustainable innovations. And I might add, none are effective at making your organization more innately innovative. And innate is exactly the right word. If you haven't figured it out yet, the only way to evolve your business, to innovate your business, to avoid the dark ages of decadence and the ultimate hangover, is to embrace the simple truth. It's all about your people, and that includes you. Innovation is not a thing. It's a sensibility and an intangible capacity. Desire to change is a feeling. Willingness to take risk is a way of being. A team's openness to doing things differently is a function of the organization's culture and its leadership doing things differently. If the leader does not take risk, the employees will not take risk. If the leader does not celebrate failure, the organization will avoid failure. The only way to dodge the fate of empires, to shrug off the death clench of hubris and avoid the blinder-induced blunders is to innovate from the inside out. And we'll be talking about that in chapter four. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening today. If you're in search of more opportunities to realize positive change in your life or work and you find what I have to say helpful, you can always subscribe to my show. Check out one of my new salons. that are weekly virtual gatherings of like-minded folks. You can read some of my writings or just listen to one of the talks that I've given around the world over the last couple of years. And you can do it all at chriscolbert.com. While you're there, make sure to sign up for my ongoing email updates. When you do, you'll receive a free copy of the first chapter of my about to be published book, Technology is Dead. Again, it's all available at chriscolbert.com. Thanks again for listening today. And I look forward to connecting more in the days ahead.